Will you pray with me? Savior, like a shepherd, you lead us. And as we come to your word now, we ask that you would lead us now. Send your Holy Spirit on us so that our minds and our hearts would be opened to your word. Send your spirit on me, Lord. Give me strength to share this word. May my words be forgotten and the words from you be remembered. And may your word today take root in our hearts so that it may bear abundant fruit. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. So good morning, everybody. Um, for those of you who do not know me, I'm Marsha Bosma. Set those over there a minute. Um, I have not been in the pulpit here in a while, actually. I've been really busy this year finishing seminary. Um, but this morning is actually my farewell message to you guys as I am getting ready to take a call to a church in Zealand. And um, so for those of you who are not familiar, I've been here the last four years, um, kind of on the ministry staff in different ways while I interned through seminary. Um, and I can't think of a better text, really, than Psalm 23 to um, preach. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, all right, okay, I'll get a little closer. So anyway, um, our message series that we've been in this summer has been called Knowing God by Name. And we've been looking at some of the different Hebrew names of God in the Old Testament. So as Jana mentioned earlier, um, one of those was Jehovah Saba, um, which Lord of hosts or Lord as warrior. Um, Josh recently preached on Jehovah Jireh, which would be Lord as provider. And so today we're looking at Jehovah Rohi, which is the Lord is my shepherd. The Psalms are the prayer book of the Hebrew people. It basically gave them language for everyday life and faith, the ups and the downs. If you read through the Psalms, you'll sometimes see the psalmist crying out in despair, sometimes praising God. Um, it was just language for the journey. And Psalm 23 is probably the best known of the Psalms and um, for many the most loved. I actually memorized it years ago, um, and I had asked not to have it on the screen this morning because I actually know it in an older version of the Bible. Um, but this spring, I had a chance to get to know it in a whole new way. I took Hebrew this year in seminary, and one of my assignments was to memorize and translate uh, the Hebrew of Psalm 23. And so I'm going to start by saying it for you this morning in Hebrew and then in English. I realize you're not going to know the words that I'm saying, um, but I thought it was maybe a unique opportunity to just hear what Hebrew sounds like and to hear kind of um, the rhythmic poetry of the psalm. So it starts like this. Adonai rohi lo echsar binot deshe yarbitseni alme menuchot yenahaleni Nafshi Yashovev. Yanheni Vemaagle Zedek le Maan Shamo. Gamki Elek Bege Zalmavet lo Ira Ra Kiata Imadi. Shiv Techa Umishan Techa Hema Yenahamuni. Taarog Lefenai Shulhan Neged Zorarai. Dishanta Vashemen Roshi Kosi. 
Reveillard. Ektov vehesed, yerdufuni kol yame hayai, veshanti bavet adonai leorek yamim. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Psalm 23 was written by David, and many of us remember David as the man after God's own heart, the one that God loved, and also one that was a great king. But before he became king, David was a shepherd. And so he writes this psalm as someone who knows very well who a shepherd is and what a shepherd does. He knew exactly what he was saying when he said, Adonai Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, shepherds and sheep were a really common part of ancient Palestinian culture. It's still common to see shepherds there today. But for most of us, it's a pretty foreign concept. So I did a little research to learn a little bit more. I highly recommend this book. It's old. It's a classic by Philip Keller called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Um, This is actually the trilogy, which includes A Shepherd Looks at the Good Shepherd and a shepherd looks at the Lamb of God. Now, Keller was a shepherd, and so he unpacks a lot of the imagery of the psalm. So here's the first important thing to know. Sheep are incredibly anxious creatures. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of loud running water, strange noises, movements that they weren't expecting from another sheep in the herd. They're afraid of the plastic bag that gets caught in the fence. They're flight animals. They don't try to fight anything. As soon as they're scared, they run. And even when they're in the safety of their own pastures, they have a hard time settling down and actually lying down to rest. They need the kindness and steadiness of a shepherd. They know their shepherd's voice. They trust it. You'll often see shepherds speaking really calmly and soothingly or even singing to their sheep. Sometimes, when a sheep is especially anxious, a shepherd will go over and kind of just gently press between the shoulders of the sheep, letting it know it's there until the sheep finally lies down. The shepherds also know because the sheep are scared of loud running water and yet they need water to be refreshed, they find quiet pools of water where they can drink. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Now the Hebrew word here for soul is nephesh. Almost any time that word nephesh comes up in the Old Testament, it gets translated as soul. But really, there's just no good English equivalent for this word. It's the same word used in Genesis for when God breathes life into Adam. It basically means life, living being, the totality of a person, heart, mind, soul, body, as well as everything around them, everything that is part of their life. It might be better translated, my everything. Now, to get a good sense here of where um, the psalmist might be thinking, we have to look at more of the psalms. And you might know from reading through the psalms that often a writer will say, my soul is cast down within me. And then they'll talk about how the Lord raised them up. There's actually a very specific shepherding term called when a sheep is being cast down. And what happens is, is that the sheep, for various reasons, ends up accidentally flipped on its back. And at first glance, I kind of giggled at that, thinking of like cow tipping and things like that, and, you know, imagining kind of sheep doing this thing. But it actually is really dangerous. Death is imminent. It can happen within a couple of hours that the sheep dies because they start to lose circulation in their legs. And then from there, it goes up. And the sheep physically cannot get themselves out of this position. And so one of the jobs of a shepherd is to constantly be watching the flock to see if there's a sheep that's cast down. And if it is, it's really an emergency and the shepherd runs over and just slowly and gently, calmly reassures the sheep, starts to flip it over, and then starts to rub circulation back into its feet until it's ready to be set right on the ground again. So as you can see, shepherds are really critical for sheep. But the most important work of a shepherd is actually leading sheep through the valleys. See, in the winter, sheep stay in the pastures at the homestead. But in the summer, the shepherds bring them to the pastures on the mountaintops. Because at that point, the snow has receded, and up there it's cooler, and those pastures are more lush and more fertile. But in order to get to the mountaintops, they have to go through the valleys. And the valleys can be terrifying and really dangerous. For one, as snow is melting, the rivers and the waterfalls are just flooded with engorged water. And so they have to watch out for rock slides, mud slides, drowning. The terrain can be really rocky and tricky. And because there's no good pasture lands in the valleys, the sheep tend to just find greens as they go, and there's a lot of poisonous plants that they can eat. And probably worst of all, in the valleys, there's a lot of shadowy places where predators can just hide 
and wait until just the right moment to attack. If there's ever a time that a sheep needs a shepherd, it's in the valleys. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Notice the powerful shift that just happened here. The sheep just went from talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd. See, in the valleys, we realize how much we need Jesus. We go from talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd. It's in the valleys that we realize that he's there. And it's a really important realization because it's in the valleys that we're really afraid. We're surrounded by all kinds of threats and danger. And we're afraid of both what is happening and what might happen. Maybe it's that we're afraid of losing our job, losing our financial stability. Maybe we're afraid of losing our health, losing a loved one, being alone. Fear can get us in its really sharp grip, and it can be absolutely debilitating. I know something about this kind of fear. Most of you here know that over the last few years while I've been here, my family has walked a very dark valley. Because of circumstances out of my control, over a number of months, I lost my marriage, my financial stability, and my home. And although it wasn't my sin that caused it, I was just consumed by shame. Our family story was a really dark and painful one, and it became really public. And I became completely overwhelmed by fear. It physically sat in my chest like a heaviness that I could not get rid of, and sometimes it gripped my heart so tight it hurt. Some days it left me gasping for air. Some days it was all I could do to even leave the house. Now, I'm guessing that some of you here today have experienced that kind of fear. Because here's the thing, the verse doesn't say, if I walk through the valley. It says, even though I walk through the valley. Every one of us is going to have valleys in life. It's just part of the journey. It's no way to the mountaintop except through the valley. And that's why the number one command that God gives in Scripture is do not be afraid. He says it over and over. He says it to Joshua on the edge of the promised land. Do not be afraid, for I will be with you wherever you go. One of the best verses in Isaiah, do not fear, for I have called you by name. I have redeemed you. You are mine. I am with you. He says it over and over again. And so what we see here is David reversing this and saying, 
Basically, he's taking God's command and reversing it into a declaration. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David knew fear. I mean, he had been a shepherd, so he knew what it was like to have to face predators while trying to protect his sheep. And he also knew what it was like to be hunted down by a jealous king running for his life. The whole psalm just gives this sense of being able to have a calm assurance and abiding trust in the shepherd, even in the midst of the fear. And then David goes on. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rod and staff, those are two very important instruments for a shepherd. The rod, for one, could be used for gentle discipline. If a sheep was just getting a little too far off the path, the shepherd just goes over and kind of gently presses on its side until it gets back in line. But sometimes a rod is also used for protection. Philip Keller tells the story of having traveled out into the countryside in Kenya with a Maasai shepherd And at one point, they had stopped and they had moved this large rock out of the way and turned around and realized there was a cobra head up, angry, ready to strike. And just as fast as could be, the shepherd took the rod and smacked it and killed it, saving them from serious injury. And the staff, that's the one that has the hook on it. And so the shepherd uses that to kind of get sheep out of tricky little spots that they get themselves into. Shepherds also use it when a newborn lamb gets separated from its mother. It doesn't want to touch the lamb so that his smell somehow confuses the mother and makes it abandon the the lamb. And so the shepherd will just kind of grab the lamb and pull it close to the mother. Instruments of protection for vulnerable sheep. Then he says, you anoint my head with oil. Well, oil was used for a lot of things back in the day. One of the things shepherds would use it for is to put it on the heads of the sheep to try to keep flies away. Oil was also used to heal wounds. See, the thing about the valley is that we're not alone but sometimes we do get injured when we're in it. And so the shepherd comes and tenderly and lovingly heals the wounds. See, it seems to me that the most important lesson that we learn in the valley is this, that our shepherd loves us. And it's, we don't just know it anymore at an intellectual level, We know it deep in our hearts because we've experienced that love. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me and I know them. And I lay down my life for my sheep. Knowing how loved we are by the shepherd is the gift of the valley. Now, I will never minimize the pain of the valley, and we shouldn't. It's okay to grieve and to lament those difficult times. 
But I can also tell you, having walked through a very dark valley, that I've never powerfully experienced the love of God more than while in the valley. Sometimes it was almost as if I could physically feel his hands around me holding me up. Sometimes I could hear him whispering to me, stop trying to figure everything out and just rest. I've got this and I've got you. Sometimes he used other people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'll never forget one particular situation. Two days after our family story became very public, my kids had their first day of school. And for various reasons, I had not set up busing for Lauren to come home on on the days after school. And so first day of school, I had to go pick her up. And I sat in the parking lot in my van, gasping for breath, shaking, sweating. I could hardly get out of the car. But the bell rang, and I knew I needed to go find her. And so I started walking toward the school. And I saw an old childhood friend of mine, who I hadn't talked to honestly in ages, making a beeline for me. And I thought, oh, dear, here we go. Here come the questions. And all she did was walk up and she hugged me and she said, I love you and I am with you. And I burst into tears and I said, Sarah, I can hardly breathe right now. I am freaking out. And she said, then I am going to hold you and you're going to stand right here by me and I will be here at this spot every day and you come and stand with me. You are always safe with me. Never doubt the ministry of just being present, of reminding her that she's not alone, of telling him how much he has loved. Friends, that has been you for me over the last four years. You have been the heart and the hands and the feet of Jesus to my family while we were in the valley. And I found it really ironic as I was thinking about this today that the word pastor literally means shepherd. And so on the Sunday before I leave, having been called to go pastor another flock, I just want to take a minute to say thank you because you have been pastoring me, have been shepherding me through the valley. And now we come to the end of the psalm where it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now actually here, the word follow is probably better translated as pursue. Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. Two of the most common words used in the Old Testament to describe God are tov and hesed. Tov means goodness. Hesed means mercy and steadfast loving kindness. Surely mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. Surely God is pursuing me all the days of my life. See, that's the funny thing about the valley. We're afraid of all of the dangers pursuing us, 
But more importantly, the shepherd is pursuing us. The Lord is our shepherd. We will lack nothing. He makes us calmly and gently lie down to rest in green pastures. He will lead us to quiet waters where we can be refreshed. He restores every part of our lives. He guides us in paths of righteousness for the glory of his name. And even though we will walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our wounds, healing them up. He fills our cup to overflowing. And surely his goodness and his mercy is pursuing us all the days of our lives. Because he will get us through the valleys to the mountaintop where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Will you pray with me? Adonai Rohi, you are our shepherd. God, we know that you are with us. Help us in the times of fear to look to you with calm assurance and abiding trust that you will care for our every need. And to know that at the end of this journey of life, we will dwell in the house of the Lord with you forever. Amen.